Hey, it's Open Threads. It's my podcast. I'm Brian Castle. Welcome to it. Back on the show today is J.R. Farr. We continue our conversation to talk about Lemon Squeezy. That is the flagship product from Make Lemonade. It's the dream team partnership that we talked about in the in the previous episode with J.R. <laughs> Here's my real-time-ish update for you, and I'm recording this one on May 6th, 2024. First, I just want to say that once and for all, the name of this podcast, I'm sticking with the name Open Threads. <laughs> you may have noticed I had briefly renamed it there uh, in early 2024. I was using the name Full Stack Founder. Well, long story short, I'm sunsetting that brand name and that website. It was a short-lived project that just didn't quite stick. So this podcast is back to its original name, Open Threads, from here on out. Okay, so uh, my so as for my update, uh, you know, my main focus now continues to be instrumental products. That is my product studio where I partner with clients mainly on UI and UX work. And uh, I specialize in designing modern interfaces for SaaS companies. And I deliver my designs in the form of coded HTML and Tailwind CSS templates and components. So that's the uh, the main um, service that I've been working with a couple of clients lately on. And uh, it's something that I continue to uh, to really double down on the rest of this year. Other than that, I'm spending the rest of my time building out some new software products of my own to uh, to add to my small portfolio. My main SaaS product, Clarity Flow, continues to run smoothly uh, with my small team, and we're always working on some imp- improvements there. So that's my update for now. On to the show. JR and Orman Clark and their team over there I have been building this thing called Lemon Squeezy. And what's interesting to me is how this new product sort of evolved from being like a digital downloads selling tool into something much bigger than that. And they are now focused on selling to SaaS. It's like a, a platform for building very easily your SaaS business and especially handling the, the trickier parts like tax compliance and selling internationally into, into all different currencies and all that kind of fun stuff. Anyway. What I was really interested to hear from JR in this episode is how they learned what they needed to do to pivot and really grow and figure out what that product market fit looks like. And the other thing that JR is just incredible with in all of his businesses is strategically building awareness and building up that marketing energy and that branding energy during the first year of a brand new product. We got into that quite a bit. Let's talk to JR about building awareness for a new product. Here we go. So, you know, continuing this conversation with JR Farr, I want to get into Lemon Squeezy. You know, in the in the previous episode, we just talked about how, you know, you came together with this amazing partnership over at Make Lemonade. And we talked about, you know, your your transition from exiting Mojo themes and then, you know, moving into into this next chapter and going through a bunch of things over the last few years. All that was then. Now let's talk about Lemon Squeezy, which is the product that you've been working on under under this Make Lemonade brand. How do you explain it today? Because I, you know, again, like one yeah. of the things that that sticks out to me, I've been sort of following your work on this from afar over the last year or two. 
I remember it being sort of one thing. And then I looked at it recently. I was like, oh, wow, this is like almost different and bigger than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. So how do you mm -hmm. explain it today? So let me guess. You probably looked at it as a gumroad alternative. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I, I didn't know if you wanted me to say that or not. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. And, and it actually kind of, no, it was very intentional to start, right? Like we had a big, grandiose vision. Here's the thing. The founding team, just like you, Brian, you know this, we got together after 10 years of 15 years of building stuff, selling digital products. And we kind of like laughed, like, man, there's, there's really not anything like super great out there yet. I mean, like Stripe's amazing, but it's, you've got to, I mean, it's all API driven. There's not a lot of, like, there's so much more you could do. And, and I guess this might be like my, my poor attempt at this Steve Jobs moment here, but I got on a call one day and I was like, start talking about this concept of space mountain. And I've said this multiple times, but I'm going to say it to you again, because I want you to kind of this will set the stage for this conversation. So if you've ever been to Disneyland, there's a ride called Space Mountain. When you go up to it, it's the whole thing from the line to walking through into getting to the ride. It's an experience, right? Like you're just kind of captivated by what's going on. The lights are getting dark. And then once you get on the ride, it's pitch black. And you have no idea what's going on. You're just seeing ahead of you and you're just looking at lights and it's pulling you around and it's just kind of taking you on this experience. But if I turn the lights on, you'd see rods and dust and wires and garbage and it would look disgusting. Right. And I, that's what I said to him. I was like, that's what it is today. Still, you've got to go get a domain. You've got to get, get your website. You've got to connect your email thing. You've got to do this. You've got to connect this API over here. And honestly, like all the lights are still on. So I'm like, how do we make it to where someone can just come in and sell digital products, digital, not physical digital products, because it's a totally different animal compared to Shopify, right? There's a lot of abuse. There's, license keys. There's, that's a whole mess. How do we make this easy peasy? Right. And so that's where lemon squeezy, easy peasy kind of the whole idea came from. So, yeah, I love it. I mean, you're right. You know, it, it, it's amazing. Like a lot of times, like, you know, us tech folks are in this industry and we see all the, all the advanced tech that we're using and how we're building applications these days and everything. And we feel like we're in this, like world of the future with like AI and, and yeah. web three and all this crazy stuff going on. But we are still in the early days here. And it, and you're mm -hmm. right. Like it is, we're still like kind of, you know, it does seem like we're cobbling together things, you know? Yeah. And for some people it might make sense, right? Like they want full control. I want to go to the stripes APIs. I want to build everything by hand. I want to know where, how this all works. And that might make sense. And I think intentionally we're almost picking a fight that way where we might not be everything that you want. Now, with that being said, we've gotten to a point now where like 80, 90% of the platform is all driven by, we have an API now that's exposed. So you can actually expose all of lemon squeezy if you wanted, just like Stripe. But yeah, so I think we intentionally went out that way. So can you like help me understand, like what is the best yeah. use case or the most common use case? Like, is it for digital products? Like I'm selling a book or, yeah. or is it for SaaS? Like I'm selling a software yeah. subscription is it for physical products like is it for all of that like yeah good good question i think that's where you saw the divide come in right so we launch we're kind of a gumroad alternative which essentially is what you said it's it's downloadables it's ebooks it's some courses it's some yeah some sort of license key it's wordpress themes a plugin whatever it is right and that was all fine and dandy and i think everything we did was really really good and then we started getting a lot of requests like well I've got this, but then people need to log in and do this. So SaaS and stuff started coming up a lot. And so we were like, man, we've got to really look yeah, at like my customers need to log in. Yes. How do I do that? Yeah. 
And we want to use you guys because there's one other caveat that I'm going to say that makes Lemon Squeezy very, very different. It's called a merchant record. And I don't know if everyone's familiar with that, but essentially what it means is rather than going out and creating, you know, all the PayPal accounts and Stripe accounts, it's you just leverage ours. And the beauty of that is you can accept instantly like payments across like 20 different payment methods. You can accept PayPal. You can do it in 95 different currencies. And then we have a partnership with wise.com. So like we pay out in nine, I don't even know what it is. 135 countries. Like it's, you can't, you can't do that on Stripe. Some of the stuff that you can do on lemon squeezy. We've, we've broken down some big global barriers, Interesting. but to get back to your point about use cases, started out with Gumroad. And then the SaaS stuff came out and that's where we kind of took a moment to say, look, lemon squeezy is so much bigger than just some digital downloads. Yes, you can do that here. And we'll always have that distribution channel. We'll have landing pages and things to feed in that type of customer, but we're going to go to market as being the easiest way to handle payments, taxes, and subscriptions for SaaS companies. So that right now it's strict. It's yeah, we're going after SaaS companies that are looking to. Um, not only handle payments, but the tax side. That's why I was bringing that up because when you get into digital stuff, again, different than physical, and this is something that's really boring and non-sexy and people don't like to talk about, but sales tax and VAT tax is a real thing. And, you know, as more and more dollars get shifted to online, the countries want their money and there's some big penalties. I mean, even all the way to prison, right? If you don't pay them, like it's tax fraud. So, and are you, I mean, I want to unpack the evolution of going from like being like the initial idea, like a Gumroad competitor into yeah. something much larger than that and, and going towards SaaS companies. But just on that point, I'm curious to know about like, is the main idea to sell it to established SaaS companies with like high revenues and they, and they want to like migrate over to Lemon Squeezy or is it for like startup SaaS, their first thousand customers? I'm sure it's a bit of both, but like, where's the main focus? Yeah, right now it's actually the former. It's the larger, more established companies. We we've got I think we've we've done a great job, I think, with like customer acquisition for for brand new stores coming on and handling taxes and handling low code, no code. We've got a ton of tools like that. So you can get up and running super quick. That's what the first year and a half was. But now our focus has definitely shifted towards established companies. So we've built stripe migrations, paddle migrations, gumroad migrations syncing tools. So when you do migrate, it syncs between the two systems. So you can feel comfortable when you move over. And what happens is a great example. I was dealing with a company this week and they've reached a certain point of threshold in the revenue across the globe. And he, we got reached out to because their tax accountant said, you need to collect taxes in these countries. You, you got VAT issues. You've got to go find someone to help you do this. And so he's like, I stumbled across you guys and Stripe doesn't offer this. So we're migrating from Stripe over to you guys for this reason. So I love it. Yeah. You know, what I'm really interested in is this transition, right? Because okay. I'm going through it myself with, with zip message. So like the first year of zip message, I, I sort of mm -hmm. had a concept, even in the early days, it was, it started as like a different idea than what it turned out to be. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and in the whole first year, it, I was sort of selling it to a whole range of different users. And then I learned like who is our best user and who, mm -hmm. who, who sees this as much more essential and how can this become a bigger product? Like who wants it to be a bigger product? And in my case, it, it, it's coaches. So we're building towards them. I'm curious, like what happened in, or what did you see in, in, the, in the early trends? Like what were customers saying? Like, how did you decide to make that, that transition? Yeah. So 
probably the most direct thing and simple. It sounds really simple, but we're pretty good. We still think we are, but talking to the customers, like surveys, like detailed surveys, questions, what do you sell with? What do you, how do you use it? Like even down to like your checkout experience, do you guys want a full API that you can customize? Or do you want to yellow the jars? Do you want to like, there's so many different, but really it, there was just so much pent up demand, constant support tickets. And then through those surveys, we just kept seeing SAS and SAS and SAS. And so sounds kind of simple, but to be honest, the founders I talk to, I don't know if when's the last time you sent a survey to talk to your customers, right? Like you might be better than most, but I would say majority of people are, yeah, they, people they get scared. They get gun shy to like ask a customer or something. And so I would say we've been like almost borderline annoying asking them what it is that they want. You know, you make a good point. I literally just this week, I did another outreach to, uh, we're, we're building all these features for coaches. So I have a smaller group of coach customers and I'm showing yeah. them like all the designs as we're building them. And you know, the, the truth is like not everyone responds. Some of them no. take a few weeks to respond. I do sort of hammer them with like research questions. Can I get on another mm -hmm. call with you to ask you some more research questions? And I'm doing that all the time. And, but at the end of the day, it's so helpful. And I do, I do run surveys and I usually use the surveys to figure out who are the best people to get onto calls with. Yeah. Um, I think what happened though, to be like totally frank is we launched this Gumroad thing and because we are a merchant of record, there's a ton and tons of countries that actually can't use Stripe. And so yeah. they were like, we need a way to, you guys can pay in my country. I can accept payments because you're the merchant of record, but I have a SaaS. You know what I mean? So like, can you build that? Can you make that? So we started doing like little onesie twosie things like, well, here, we'll give you this part of our API to kind of do that. And then eventually it just got to a point where there was just so many of those types of things happening, like actual real customers pushing volume through the platform. Mm -hmm. I were like, we just need to lean into this. Yeah. So Awesome. So I want to get into a little bit of like marketing and just building awareness. I mean, obviously, you know, you and, and your team have sort of like a built-in audience that gives you that like initial traction or, or like a boost when you're, when you're launching something new, but what, Hey, real quick, this podcast is sponsored by instrumental products. That's my product studio where I and my small crew, we take new product ideas from concept to launched. I'm a full stack product designer and developer, and I love collaborating with fellow founders, creators, and SaaS companies to bring that spark of energy into new product ideas. Think of instrumental products as your shortcut to shipping that next idea and getting it into the hands of your customers as efficiently as possible. Got something to ship? Let's talk. Visit instrumentalproducts.com to learn more. For some of the milestones or wins like early on, or, or really, I guess, before you even unveiled Lemon Squeezy to the world, like you're just planning it, designing it before anyone even knows about it. Like, what yeah. is your game plan in terms of like step number one to let people know that this new thing is, is coming and that it exists? Like, how do you, how do you think about that initial launch? Oh gosh. So <laughs> that's a really good question. Cause there's so many things. I mean, no, you know, a lot of people say, you know, let's build an audience, right? But it's like, how do I do that? So yeah, to your point, we had some built-in stuff, which helped. I would say content's an interesting one. You can go build content, but it's like, I can only create so many SEO articles to like really make this worthwhile. I think that we, product hunt was an interesting one. We thought, you know, that was something that we kind of tried. 
again, I don't know if this comes from all the experience of knowing kind of what to focus on, but like, and I'll, I'll try to answer your question more directly, but like product hunt's a good example, right? So we launched, we put it out on product hunt thinking this is what most people do. And we ended up winning or becoming a finalist for like product of the year on product hunt in 2021, went through like the whole award shows or rehearsals. And then we went down to the finalists and we ended up taking like third place or something, but that was crazy. But my point of bringing that up was it really didn't do a whole lot, right? Like, I mean, yeah, we got some users and stuff, but they, it was kind of shitty traffic, you know, wasn't, wasn't intentful, but it definitely gave us like a, you know, little bit of uh endorphin hit, right? Where you're kind of excited and, and this was good. But I would say it goes back to like just building up hype around something building in public. If you're like, don't know what to do, I would just say build in public, like tweet every day, post something every day. I posted constantly. I didn't do SEO content. I did like, I called them lemon drops and we were just posting lemon drops constantly about what's coming screenshots. And then we were all, we all made an agreement that we're like, Hey, everybody get on Twitter, talk on Twitter. That's going to be the one social channel. We're not going to try and do YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram and LinkedIn. And we're just going to focus on Twitter because that's all we have time for. Yeah. And I think that really like that, that plays to your strengths, right? Like you're all actually on Twitter and, and you're a very design oriented work in public type of people anyway. You know, we talked all about like the, the brand of make lemonade and like, it's sort of like in your ethos anyway. So it's like, you're playing to your strengths. Like that's an easy thing to be successful with for like, it's not the kind of thing that like everyone should listen to and like, well, Uh I should just do what they did. Right. But I think true. And, and yeah, and we, we took steps. They were, they were premeditated steps, right? Like let's launch the make lemonade brand. Let's announce the team together. Let's get everybody excited about that. Then let's get this ready and let's get this landing, but let's get the MacBook giveaway. And then let's do some lemon drops and then let's do, So there is definitely there. My point in the Twitter thing was, I think a lot of times people just spread themselves so thin and it's just double down on like one thing that you're actually pretty good at and just do that (laughs) rather than trying to do a million things at once. We're trying to launch it, right? Like I got to do my email list and I got to do my, my paid ads and I got to do my SEO and I got, and then, but then you end up doing nothing, right? So consistency is king. I feel like this is one of the things that I don't do so well but you you do really well is like in that first year like year number one again like most people don't know that this new product exists yet Mm -hmm. so you're just like running things whether it's product hunt a macbook giveaway we we talked about in the previous episode the way we met was like you you gave me an ipad because back like Mm -hmm. over 10 years ago you launched mojo themes which went Mm -hmm. on to be this you know amazing successful company but it, it launched with a contest Right. You know, to, right. to just put a splash out there, just get people's eyeballs on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be some noise. There's going to be a lot of like not so qualified customers coming yeah. through, but people know it exists. Right. Yeah. And then you sort of just like stack those up over the course of a year yeah. or, or more and, and it builds. I mean, can you like, I don't know, like speak to that. Like, are these things that you're just like constantly coming up with? Like, where are we going to get the next jolt of, of energy? At yeah. The top of the funnel. Yeah. Like here's, a, here's a good example, right? So, so meeting today and yeah, I'm constantly, I uh, can't sleep half the time because I'm trying to think of how else could we market it? How co- there's so much spamming our Twitter, our attention, no matter where you're sitting, right? Like there's something getting your attention. So how can I, how can I get that? And I think that goes back to like, when you saw the clear divide that like lemon squeezies meant right now for SaaS companies or zip messages meant for coaches. Now you've got like this 
audience that you know how to speak to. You're going to learn how to speak to them. You're going to learn what drives them, what motivates them. You know what I mean? Rather than like trying to shoot fish in a barrel, right? Like you're, you're being much more sniper approach. And I think that that's probably the first nut to crack for anybody listening is like, it's again, the stuff I'm saying, it sounds simple. It's, but it's, you've got to do these fundamental things before you go and do all these different things. And so to answer your question, one, I think we did a decent job of creating processes around it. So like tweeting or emailing, it's like every Monday an email goes out every Thursday, a piece of content goes out every, there's just stuff that like, can't, the, the rules can't be broken on these things. And then the other stuff is like ideas. You've got to have a backlog of creative ideas to get you to look different than anybody else. Cause there's so much out there. So here's an example from today's meeting. We have a, an account, you know, they've been with us beta and, and he's built Figma Academy, which is a, an online course for Figma. And he's done great. I mean, everybody from Spotify to Amazon to everybody uses Figma Academy and he's about to hit a really big revenue milestone. And so I am, I'm actually borderline stalking his Twitter accounts and his Pinterest accounts, trying to find something. And I'm going to send him kind of like the YouTube plaque. Cause my hope is that, you know, we'll send it to him and he'll, he'll tweet it and you get to get a big, nice, you know, organic response from that. But that's stuff that's like marketing, but it's not in your face, gorilla type marketing. It's just, it's more like, yeah, organic, you know? Yeah. I mean, like my marketing. favorite thing, my favorite thing to do in marketing are things that are just interesting and fun to do anyway and worth doing mm -hmm. anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. That is really the best marketing, especially when you're trying to sell to folks like us who are difficult to, to market. To, right? we, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah absolutely. you know, we're not going to click on like any like Google ad or banner ad. Like, yeah, you know, we, we have to be sort of like wind and dined a little bit with, with <laughs> some really interesting, yes. whatever, you know, yes. whatever it is, it's gotta, it's gotta stand yeah. out. Right. So, and, to, and, and to your point, like obviously everything I'm saying is, and I'm going over it really fast, but it's all going to depend on your business, your market, your target audience, you know, and, and, but I would say definitely like, don't forget the fundamentals, come up with your offer. What makes you different, right? Like, why are we different than Stripe? Well, we're the, we take our, all your taxes, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and I think we, you know, we've got email and we've got, we're trying to, we're actually trying to bundle everything rather than unbundle everything, which is a different concept. So, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and I, I, again, I think you do that really well, really like honing in on the unique differentiator. So mm -hmm. did that come out of your surveys and talking to customers and you just started to see trends in terms of like the number one question people are asking about, like, let's, let's really focus on, on that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think a lot of it too, is like, we do have a little bit of, we're in a interesting space with payments where it's, it's super aggressive, right? Like it's, and we're not funded with, what is it like $19 billion of Stripe? I don't even know what they're funded at this point, but so part of us is starting to think more, not just differentiators, but moats. How do we create more moats around the business where when we do acquire customers, we maintain them or there's other features that it's not just around payments, but it's, it's other yeah. things. And some of those are because we're the merchant of record, you know, we've got a, some of this affiliate feature that's coming out. We've got a marketplace feature, you know, we've got close to 15,000 products. So we can release a marketplace for people to shop. If you want to list your lemon squeezy products in there, that will drive traffic kind of like an Amazon, you know, that'll maybe stick them a little bit, right? So there's all these things we're constantly thinking about to keep them sticky with lemon squeezy. Interesting. 
Yeah, it's it's really cool what you guys are building. I mean, it's it's established. It's it's there. You could use it today. Yeah, I guess like the the last question to start to wrap up here. I was talking to to Benedict Dyka from UserList on one of the recent episodes, and we talked about how to prioritize or how how all of us in in SaaS are trying to figure out which features to build next mm. and which ones to prioritize. That I find is one of the hardest. Oh, yeah. things. It, it gets easier once you really start to hone in on like, all right, these are our best customers. What do our best customers want? Sure. Yeah. How do you, how do you guys think about that again? Like since you've, yeah. you've shifted focus into, you know, toward this, this like platform for SaaS companies, like, and still that's a huge, like a huge mm -hmm. landscape of like needs to, to yeah. satisfy, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. It doesn't stop. Yeah. Like how do you figure out like what's the best thing to build next yeah and it's interesting too because as the team's growing then we have different people that can take on more projects so that kind of so I, i'll answer it like this i think we're intentionally building make lemonade a certain way like it's nice because when you have a company like like make lemonade where we're thinking in a decade the way you start to think about priorities and stuff you don't feel so rushed and you feel more open-minded to like so for example, we don't just like rush a project out. Like the affiliate feature's taken us quite a bit of time and people are getting actually kind of frustrated, but it's gotta be right. And we're also not gonna just lock in a deadline and then march to the death where we just pass out by the time we launch it. So we're trying to be good about that. So we've got to balance that. And then I'd say in terms of like internal prioritizing, you know, it's like you said, if we've got like a pretty big customer talking to us, we're gonna build that for them. But outside of that, we use a product called Height height.app and we do like low impact versus high effort or high impact versus low effort like that type of stuff we have like four different things you know that we match all of our we have i don't even know i'm looking at my backlog right now there's like 300 and something things in the backlog and they're all mm -hmm. groomed we try to groom them frequently and that's something that we work in the in the base camp shape up thing so every six weeks we have a cycle and then what do we have an appetite for? So that really helps us figure out like how far do we go with the feature? Like this is the feature everybody's asking for, but our appetite's only this big for this feature. So we're just going to do this, launch it, yeah. and then we'll get feedback and then we'll make it even before we go commit to this massive feature update. I love it. Love it. Yeah. You know, as we're, we're right here at the end of 2022. So what is coming up next? You mentioned the affiliate feature. Mm -hmm. Is that like a big focus for you and any other like big, projects or plans or even yeah. like separate products or anything like it seems like you guys are always doing like interesting stuff like what's happening in in 2023 for you yeah good question yeah so the affiliates big too for lemon squeezy store owner or like accounts because there'll be a lemon squeezy affiliate so you can imagine we've got 10,000 accounts now so when they all get their affiliate signed up they'll become a lemon squeezy affiliate so we'll have a huge network so they can promote all the products within lemon squeezy. So that will give all accounts a big boost of sales and traffic, mm. which I'm really excited about. And then inside of make lemonade, you know, we have like one of the ones that we're, I think that we're kind of excited about is premium pixels. But uh, before we go there, I mean, we've been, I won't say their names, but if you think about some of the biggest design websites in the world, and design tools in the world. They're talking to us right now about white labeling and partnerships. We're powering their marketplaces and their stores and oh, their... Uh, with, with Lemon Squeezy. Yeah, behind the scenes with APIs. So if we oh, okay. land those deals, then that will, that will blow up a lot of our roadmap. But 
it's a, those are massive opportunities with some of the biggest names. So wow. we're really excited about that. So, I mean, it's always interesting following what, what you guys are working on over there. We're going to get everything linked up in the show notes. Like yeah. I said in, in the last episode, like if nothing else, just go to like read the copy <laughs> and look at the designs and, and again, like look at the way that you guys handle brand and messaging and just building awareness in an interesting, fun way. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah. inspiring. So really cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, JR. Yeah, it was good to it's good to catch up, man. This is this has been fun. Yeah, we'll have to do it again. Yeah. That does it for today's episode of Open Threads. What'd you think? Let me know on Twitter or X. I'm at CastJam. And you can find the full videos for all episodes of Open Threads on the YouTube channel for this podcast. That's youtube.com slash open threads. One more thing. I'd really appreciate if you'd give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. That helps a lot. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next one.